0: Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Good afternoon, and welcome to Engage for Success, Radio show 493, Storytelling for Leaders. And I'll start by apologizing to Jerome, who is waiting, has been waiting for me, and I couldn't log in, <laughs> I'm starting the show with no previous discussion with Jerome, so it's probably... Uh, I'm uh, Wondering what's going on. So, uh, hello, welcome. Hello. Thank you. hello, hello. Just continue with my intro and then I'll come back to you. But I just wanted to let you know I am here. <laughs> Very good. So, um, so today we're going to be talking about the art of storytelling. I'm Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engaged Success Core Team. The Engaged Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice, inspiring people and workplaces to thrive. And we're widely supported across the UK involving the public, private and third sectors. If you go to engagesuccess.org and use the link at the bottom of the page, you can join our newsletter list and all our social media links are there too. So as I've said already, my guest today is Jerome DeRoy who's CEO at Narrative. Welcome, Jerome, and I apologize again for <laughs> just jumping straight in. Thanks for joining me.
1: No worries at all. Thanks so much for having me.
0: <laughs> so start by telling us a bit about who you are and uh who Narrative is and, and what what you do and then we'll uh we'll kick off from there.
1: Sure, of course. Um, well, my name is Jerome Deroy, as you said, and I am the CEO of Narrative. I run this company called Narrative, which um, which preceded me. I, I started uh, working at Narrative back in uh, 2006, 2007, and um, the the founders had already created the company back in 2000. Um, and what it is is it's a company that focuses on on storytelling, and really delivering the principles of how to tell a good story but also how to listen as a kind of a foundation for telling compelling stories. So we view listening and storytelling as intricately connected. One cannot exist without the other. And we do this work in uh, leadership development, team building, onboarding, and various kinds of training around internal communications and external communications. Uh, so we've been around for, for a long time and uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a great ride.
0: Okay. And tell us a bit more about sort of your background and how you came to be working within uh storytelling as as the sort of main thing that you're focusing on.
1: Yeah, of course. So, uh I'll take you back to um the early 2000s. Uh, I had just finished uh business school and I was working in um uh, at a at a bank in the marketing department of uh, the asset management division of this large global Bank that was based in Paris, France. Uh, I was actually born in France. Uh, my father was French, and my mother is American, and um, and so I, I kind of grew up, uh, you know, spending all my summers in the U.S., uh, but doing all my studies in France. And so when I finished business school, I started working for this bank first in Paris, and then they sent me to Hong Kong, in Asia, and um, and I was there for a few years. And I remember my first day there, which was kind of the genesis for what I'm I've focused on since, uh, especially with narrative. But on my first day there, I arrived on the 15th floor of this glass tower building in on Hong Kong Island. And I remember that the uh, windows were floor to ceiling windows, and they had a view on the Hong Kong harbor. So I could see these ferries shuttling from Hong Kong Island to Kowloon which was attached to mainland China and you know my heart was beating pretty fast uh, this was my first kind of uh, I'm not going to say real job but, but it, it certainly felt like there was a lot at stake and uh, and I was greeted by the director of, of HR uh, and she said welcome uh, you know we're, we're really happy to have you and I thought she was going to open the door to this large open space with these floor-to-ceiling windows with this lovely view but she said actually you're, you're desk is going to be over there. But today I want to take you somewhere else. And so I started to follow her. And as I was following her, gradually the corridor became darker and darker. There was less and less natural light. And then we got to a small conference room with no windows and just one table and two chairs. And there were two large binders Mm -hmm. on that table. One said compliance and the other one said employee handbook. And she turned Mm -hmm. to me and she said, I would like for you to go through these in the next 48 hours. So I spent my first two days, you know, I went back home, obviously to sleep. But, uh, <laughs> but otherwise, I was in this conference room, this windowless conference room for my first two days, reading these binders, and then at the end of which, um, she came back, and, and then she said, let's watch some uh, training videos that seemed like they were dating back to the 80s, which at the end of the 90s, <laughs> early 2000s, still was pretty old. And, uh, and, um, mm-hmm. and then after that, uh, it took a, about a week more For me to actually meet someone who was even remotely related to to the work that I was doing and maybe another week to finally meet the people that I was directly going to be working with Um, and that really informed the the rest of my career because uh four years after that experience I found myself in in uh in my boss's office and told him I quit and he asked me what I what I was going to do and I said I wasn't sure but I knew that it was going to be creative and meaningful and I left and I came to new york and i and I met the um, founder uh, of narrative um and and he started telling me about storytelling as a way of engaging people um, and his work so far with narrative where he'd taken the company was really in kind of the nonprofit and foundation realm, more around advocacy. How can you use your story to give voice to marginalized populations, for example, and had quite a lot of success with that. But he was interested in bringing it into the business realm. And when he said that word engagement, that's really what resonated for me because it took me back to that first day uh, in, in that job that I just described where there was no kind of intentional way of engaging people beyond checking the box. And that onboarding experience really stuck with me as something that wasn't so positive. And I felt like then what I had sort of researched and read about in the business world time and time again was how there were more people. And still today, there are more people that are disengaged at work than people who are engaged and you know, who say they feel engaged at work. And that mm-hmm. became sort of my mission for storytelling, using These principles of storytelling that narrative has, this method that we've got, uh, in order to engage people like nothing else has before. So go beyond the traditional way that we might see storytelling around presentation or pitching, for example, which is something we do. But now it's more and more delving into this realm of internal communications, especially employee engagement and and leadership development.
0: Storytelling does engage people in the workplace and, and in what sort of um, situation. But something that, um, I mean, it was interesting. You've just already said, you know, you've just told me a story, <laughs> which mm. was compelling, you know, has, mm. has you know, explained something and, and, and kept me interested and so on. And and it's interesting. Mm. I've recently been talking to some people um, about a culture in an organization, and I shared a couple of stories purposely because they felt like they demonstrated the culture better than me telling them what I thought it was sort of thing. And so I can see in that case sometimes you can you can explain things in a more um, compelling way, I guess. Um, and I guess that comes into all sorts of parts of the uh, employment relationship. But let's talk a bit more about all the different, sort of times that storytelling can be and how we can do that. That's like, that's like the rest of the show, isn't it? <laughs> right
1: well you know i'll I'll try to keep it brief but uh but yes you're right i mean you you could literally uh and and even your example is great you know you're you're sort of telling a story so that it's not so much about you really but it's kind of taking real life experiences uh or real world experiences i should say and then turn that into a story so that someone else can understand better what you're trying to do and engage with it and then maybe even take an action right that's always the the outcome the ideal outcome of a story is that someone will be moved to take an action on their own yeah. so that you're not kind of holding their hand. And so, you know, for, for me, what I, what I really focus on um, is, are, are these two areas around leadership uh, and, and employee engagement, because I'll give you an example, you know, going back to that onboarding experience that I was describing for myself. But if you take the last couple of years, uh, you know, certainly since the pandemic, we, we've now entered a world that's way more, at least hybrid and perhaps for some completely remote uh, than it was just in 2019. And so, so now, you know, when somebody new comes into an organization, sure, they can, there's so much technology that's available to be able to check those boxes of compliance and employee handbooks and all that, you know, you're probably not giving Binders anymore to to new hires, but um, what is happening in that process and what technology might miss is the cultural aspect of things. Is like what is it like to belong? to have a sense of belonging in this company, to feel like this company aligns, its values align with your own. And that's when storytelling can be really, really helpful. And and we work with clients on this, where we essentially take the existing values uh, of the company that really represent um, the organization as a whole. And then we try to bring those to life through stories of current employees. So people who've actually been there and who've also been in situations that new hires are very likely to go through, things that are not in the job description, things that happened, mistakes that happened, that you learned from, etc. So sort of, and we connect those to the existing values so that people feel that, that they can see that connection very, very clearly. So if I say, you know, we had one client, who one of the, their values was, you know, we, we do the right thing, comma, always, There's many, many, many companies who could say that, right? Uh, And there's many different versions of even that sentence. But when you hear a story of a current employee telling you about an experience that they had with a customer, and they never tell you in that story, we do the right thing always. But you as a listener, as a new hire, you hear that story and you say, wow, you do the right thing always, don't you? Then that's a win for us, right? That's something... Something got communicated that you couldn't read in a description, or you couldn't read in a branding handbook, right? That that's essentially what's at the crux of our of our work, uh, and how we approach storytelling strategically is is looking at what is it that needs to be brought to life here that's not in the job description, that's not in any handbook or pamphlet, uh, but rather the things that really you want to know internally. And, you know, it, all, it also works externally because when you do that work of finding the storytellers, the people who've had the lived experience of what you're actually uh, trying to represent and trying to sell to the world, uh, once you've got those storytellers and those stories, well, you can use those uh, for external communications and, and pitches that, might, that, are, that are going to feel a lot more authentic and a lot more mm. uh, grounded into, into real world uh, events.
0: Mm. Mm. So so what, what's the sort of process, as an organisation, if, if you um, see this as important, what can you do to sort of encourage it? I'm, I'm just thinking, I remember years ago, we had a, a thought and action group in Engage with Success that were, I can't actually remember which one it was, what they were looking into in their research, but I do remember that uh, one of the members talked about how in their organization, there were stories going back years of how things had been mishandled, you know, like Mm. change management and that sort of thing. And and they made the point that, you know, things become like folklore because people tell stories and continue to tell stories, you know, for years and years about that terrible thing that happened 10 years ago, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so it's happening naturally anyway. How do you, as an organization, sort of focus on it and, and make it, for good rather than, you know, or not rather than, but as well as the fact that, you know, some of this stuff will come out naturally and won't always be as positive. But Right. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's very difficult to turn things around once, once a narrative has really uh, set into, you know, the culture, right? Um, whether it's an organization yeah. or even the culture at large. Um, and, and so, and that's going to happen. I mean, I'm glad you said this because it, it's going to happen no matter what. Uh, Because Mm. the thing about storytelling is it's something that we all do as human beings and have been doing for millennia. And uh, and so, you know, we see it in cave paintings. There's stories there about survival and what to do. Um, It's very instructional. And so and we're you know, there's even studies now that show that the brain is is wired for storytelling. So there's a function. There's a there's a part of the brain that functions for storytelling, to understand storytelling. So the, they, they know this because you can kind of see the wires in the brain, the firing when you listen to a story, and the same wires fire when you're telling a story. Uh, and so, so there's a connection there, and it's what makes us want to know what happens next just absolutely naturally if i say once upon a time or if i say i was walking down the street and then someone approached me now my brain is connecting in a very very different way than everyday discourse right there's something specific happening and i need to know what happens next it doesn't matter how cynical i am about the world i i have to know because my brain is wired for it and i say this uh, very intentionally to answer your question because a lot of times People don't pay enough heed to storytelling. They're like, you know, that story happened 10 years ago. Yes, sure. Some people are still talking about it, but I'm sure it doesn't have as much power as it did 10 years ago because we've got all these other experiences now. Well, guess what? No, it still has a lot of power because everyone's brain is going to remember that story more than the statistics, the pie charts that show how you successfully navigated a change sense and how you turn things around, look at the numbers, the numbers don't lie, look at the data, that's what's going to make the difference. Well, no, it's not actually. You need a story to ha- with combined with that data and those numbers in order to turn things around. And you need to intentionally look for the stories that are authentic, that are authentically happening uh, rather than sort of speaking through a spokesperson, right? So again, I, I go back to this idea around what leaders need to do in these situations is really try not to be the mouthpiece in order to, to change a narrative of something that's been negative for so long. But if you're going to try to change a narrative into something positive, you have to find the people who have those positive stories to tell and who are authentically connected to the message as opposed to the usual spokesperson, might be the CEO, the CMO, whoever it might be, uh, that kind of talks about these things, right? Once you start to see people um, in your organization who aren't the usual storytellers and you elevate them to be storytellers and to talk about those positive experiences that they had with customers, it's a lot more credible to the audience. And so that's a lot of the work that we do is we try to find you know, who are those storytellers and we work with leadership to identify them and then we give them tools uh, to tell those stories and, and principles. And so, you know, it's a lot of, they have to practice and they have to work on it uh, because it doesn't necessarily, uh, even though storytelling is natural to us, and we understand it very naturally, there are principles and guidelines that one can learn uh, in order to make a story more compelling. So people go through that process. And then at the end, they've got a, a roster or a library of stories, if you will, that you can kind of pick and choose from for different for different audiences, and that usually turns turns the tide. The more stories you have that are of that
0: ilk, and so what what does a story look like? Is is, is there a sort of like a template, a pattern, a, a general shape? Is that is that
1: yeah? Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know we. Um, our method, it has seven steps and we take people through those seven steps, but I'll give you just a little bit of a, a preview because to answer your question, yes, there is, there is a template. I mean, you can follow a certain structure um, and, and that structure typically has a, it's going to sound very obvious, but it has a beginning, middle and end. And, and what, mm-hmm. you want your, you want, what you want your beginning to do is to set up what's at stake for the audience. Because the more there is at stake, the more I am going to want to follow what's happening, right? And I'm going to want to know what that resolution is. Uh, And my mind is going to start to work to make connections. And the more you get your audience to work, the better. Because we love stories and we love to fill in the blanks, right? Um, And so if you can start your story by setting up what's at stake there, uh, then, then it's going to be that much more compelling. And then that middle of the story that I was talking about it is really the turning point, right? What's happening to our protagonist uh, that sort of fork in the road, right? Where's our protagonist going to go now after this thing that happened? And usually it's a conflict or a challenge or something that you've been able to then overcome. And then once you've, you've described how you've overcome something, then you get to, to the end, which is usually a resolution of what you set up at the beginning, right? That's, that's kind of what you resolve. And what I'm describing here you can find pretty much anywhere. If you type storytelling structure, you'll you'll see a beautiful arc and different things said about the beginning, the middle and the end. But there are two things that I, I kind of want to leave your audience with here in answer to your question, is that you really need to pay attention to listening first. And what I mean by that is not necessarily just your audience. You do have to think about your audience a lot. That's kind of what we even call like that's, that's your direction is, you know, what does my audience need to know and what do they care about? And then I'm going to find a story that relates to that. But you even before you go there, you start with yourself. What is currently preventing you from being able to listen fully, from being able to be fully present with that audience that you're trying to convince or persuade of something? And only once you look at your own listening will a story start to emerge because if you only pay attention or you start with just paying attention to your audience, you're going to try to find experiences that may not be that authentic to your own kind of life and career. And so we always tell people go back you know, be introspective because you can try and guess what's going on with your audience as much as you want, but it's much harder than to look at yourself and to say, here's what's going on for me. And here's what's kind of blocking me right now. And once I can set aside, identify those blocks, I can sort of set them aside, at least for the time that I need to be creative around the story and see what kind of story emerges. And then once that experience emerges, I look at my arc, you know, beginning, middle and end, as I've described. And there's one more thing that I need to do, which is to really focus on what happened. A story, a compelling story is always the, re- the answer to this question, what happened, as opposed to what I thought about what happened, what I felt about what happened, what my opinions were about what happened, what my interpretations, my judgments, et cetera, were about what happened. Usually that's kind of what people do. They say, oh, you know, I feel so unhappy about this situation. It's really unfair. uh, And and it's just a terrible place to be in. That's not a story. Um, You know, a story that happened is something more like, you know, I was sitting in front of my computer on, on a Monday morning and then I got up walked into my boss's office and told him, Lawrence, I quit, right? So that's a story. That's Mm -hmm. something where now the stakes have just been built up. Somebody has quit their job. We don't know quite why yet, uh, but that's going to be revealed in the rest of the story. And now we're interested. We want to know what happens to this protagonist rather than try to uh, interpret or understand a series of feelings, opinions, interpretations, right? And that's usually the pitfall that most people fall into. And and they think that they're telling a story, but actually they're just telling you what what they thought about something that happened, as opposed to telling you what happened.
0: Mm-hmm. So what story should I just be telling at the moment? I mean, there's lots of mm-hmm. change in the and obviously, you know, there's always change. But uh, we've we've gone through. Um, that thing we thought you shouldn't mention anymore, pandemic, <laughs> you right. know, you onto hybrid working, Um, which I think in, in itself is sort of creating a, a real need for better storytelling because of the fact that people are in all sorts of different places and, and you need to be a bit more intentional, I think about communication in organizations more so than ever. What mm. should I think?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great question. I think, you know, it's, for me, the, the question has become who needs to tell stories. Um, and I think because so many stories need to be told about certain populations and people who, frankly, we just haven't heard from uh, or we haven't bothered to ask the question, what's your story? And I think in a world that's increasingly connected and the pandemic kind of ironically accelerated that many people feel isolated right and there's been a a kind of crisis of mental health in many many countries because of that sense of isolation i'm at my computer and i'm not actually connected but what's also been happening at the same time as this development is that leaders have gone to look for talent absolutely everywhere Uh, and many many people have been hired in different uh, in different sectors and, and, and there's also been a kind of a push for, for diversity and, and rightly so. And at, with that push of diversity comes a kind of a, a realization, which is that there's been a dearth of, of diverse stories, especially in business. And so I think for me, what leaders need to be paying attention to is actually a little bit letting go of this idea that the leader needs to be the one telling the story. Um, rather, I think what needs to happen now is leaders need to listen quite a lot, find the stories that need to be told, and then ask those people who have the stories to tell their story. Uh, because it's very powerful when someone comes to tell to ask you to tell a story. It's a very powerful uh, gesture and and it shows something. It demonstrates something. It says that I care, you matter. And I want to hear your story. And I think the more we can kind of amplify that message and the more leaders can do that and demonstrate that through their actions, uh, where it's not necessarily them standing up to the to the microphone, but rather all the people behind them are the ones are the ones that we're starting to put forward. That's very, very powerful because that kind of puts your money where your mouth is uh, as a leader that says, you know, we're a global company, we're all connected and we really care about our employees. Well, that's that's going to show. Uh, people that that it's true.
0: Mm-hmm. So we're just going into the last few minutes of the show. What what can you leave our listeners with in terms of practical tips for them to go out and, and do right now?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I, I always come back to this idea: start with listening, start with yourself, uh, because we often think when we talk about storytelling in business that you know it's about. Uh, the modalities of the presentation it's about the beautiful slides that we're going to put together it's about the audience even you know doing as much research as possible on the audience um, you know and then and then it's about rehearsing and rehearsing and rehearsing and there's this very fundamental and all of those steps are true uh, you should absolutely be paying attention to that I'm not saying to throw that out but rather than starting with those things start with yourself start with your own life experiences and see which life experiences are relevant to the audience, which life experiences could lend themselves well to a visual presentation, um, et cetera, et cetera. But, but sort of starting with yourself, I think, is really important because we tend to look outward when we, when we try to tell a great story rather than looking inward and seeing that, you know, there might be a story that you have that happened when you were in university and you've kind of forgotten, forgotten about it, but it still shapes who you are today, how you do things, that might be a story worth telling for an audience because it's very relatable. Um, You know, it shows that you're human. It shows that you went through something or whether it's a story about your parents or your kids, but something that makes it a little more personal um, is also going to raise the stakes that I was talking about. So try to find those personal lived experiences that you can Relate to first and foremost that really kind of excite you, uh, and then and then see how that can relate to a, an audience, um, to see how you might make make yourself more memorable and more relatable. That's that would be my first uh, kind of tip, practical tip to look at. And then the second is to really pay attention to how stories are told. Uh, you know, look around. It's almost like you're doing marketing research. Um, you know, you're you're looking at what others are doing in the market. Well, look at other people, leaders that you admire it's very, very likely that any leader you admire is also a great storyteller. And so I think the more you can kind of look at that and a little bit hone your craft and then see this idea that I was talking about, the what happened uh, method, that's what we call it. uh, That's part of our methodology and really kind of try to distinguish when you're describing something that happened as distinct from something that you felt or that you thought about what happened. Uh, Maybe Tone down that that part of the story and and rise up the the you know make the make the what happened factual uh, parts of your experience much more rich uh, and detailed because that's what is going to engage your audience's brains because we all have the same brain and we all engage in the same way with it and every single human brain on this planet engages with storytelling we just can't help it so the more you'll do what happened uh, and less about, you know, uh, what you thought or what you felt, then you're going to have a lot more success.
0: Brilliant. Thank you, Jerome. It's been a really interesting session and a bit of storytelling in there, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really appreciate your time and, and for sharing with your audience. Thank you.
1: Of course. Thank you so much. It was great to be here.
0: You know that uh, next week uh, we have um, a special show for you, and um, we are going to be, I think, a special guest uh, presenter. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.